God. Amen. Glory to God. Out of Zion's hill. That's the bride. Out of her salvation comes. This is the hour of deliverance. It's the hour of the jubilee. Amen. The jubilee trumpet is sounding and you can go free. Amen. There's no, no reason for any hindrance to hold us back. Amen. You can go free to serve the living God. What a privilege it is to serve him this, this day. Amen. Amen. I sang that song the other day. He's here. Elijah's God is here. Amen. Where, where's Sister Lori when I need her? Amen. Do y'all know that? Do you remember the key? I think it was B flat. That's what it was. Got those words up for me if you can. Give me the verse. Well, so we'll start there. He's here. Elijah's God is in our hearts today. He's here to will and do whatever we say. Behold the bride of Christ in full array. your flesh. Amen. As we finish the, the great commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. Let it go forth today from this little place, even into all the world, wherever it would reach. God bless you, those of you that are listening in today or will listen in at a later hour. May your, the blessings of God be upon you as well today. And all of you that's in the audience today, and the unseen host. Amen. Of all the angels of God that are gathered here, amen, we're in the presence of Almighty God today. Amen. Expect Him to move in your life. Expect Him to move the mountains. Amen. At the sound of your voice, when you speak, demons flee before your very power. Amen. Let's bow our heads together as we go to prayer today. Maybe you have a request in your heart. You'd like to be remembered 
as we would go before the Lord today. Father, we bow our heads before you. And you're the almighty God, the healer, the deliverer, the savior. Lord, the one who sets free the hearts of mankind. You sent Elijah in this day to turn our hearts back to the original faith. Father, what a word that is. A word of deliverance, a message of deliverance. Here we are in this service today. We need your mighty hand. We need your, your anointing, Lord, to break every yoke, every spirit of the enemy. Lord, that we can walk in that liberty that has been promised the children of God. Thank you, Lord, for the outpouring of your spirit that we've had. But today, we want you to come again. We want you to come again and move every doubt, fear, unbelief out of our lives to deal with sin in whatever manner it is and bring your people into victory. I pray, Lord, for every hand that was raised that you will meet that need today. The, the hearts of those that, Lord, this sermon will reach out to around the world. They have a request to, Lord. We know that you won't forget your children, that you'll meet them wherever they are. In the name of Jesus, we ask it, Lord, as it goes out even into nursing homes and different places where the aged believers sets today. May they know they're not forgotten, but the Holy Spirit is there with them. Lord, even in them to the end of the world, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Amen. Will you turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 37 and the first verse? We, we were singing a, mo- a moment ago, these are the days of Ezekiel. The dry bones are coming as flesh. And we have here upon the mural on the back here, then he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I'll tell you and give, testify- give you a testimony of the, of the promise of God. Yes, they can. Amen. But they come as we speak. Amen. Ezekiel 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, and, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones, upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and will put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinew and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds. O breath, and breathe 
upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Amen. God bless you as you take your seats. We're going to speak on today of the people of the book have returned to the land of the book. And our subject today is going to be, oh, you dry bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. Amen. What an awesome scripture. What an awesome day it is to be serving the Lord. Amen. You know, there are many descriptive words that are within our Bible that describes this last age and its move of God. What we see in this passage of Ezekiel is the word the Lord bringing a restoration. It looks hopeless. In fact, it's so hopeless when the prophet was asked, can these bones live? He had to defer to God and say, Lord God, thou knowest. You know, because it looks hopeless. But the word of the Lord brings restoration. And I want you to realize that God is doing much more than just restoring doctrine in this day, although that is a very important part of what God is doing in the end time. But God is also restoring homes. God is restoring healing. God is restoring the, the original outpouring of the Holy Ghost. God is restoring us back to a book of Acts church. God is restoring um, marriages, and God is restoring situations. No matter what it is, God is a restorer. You say, well, Brother Tim, my problem today, my immediate problem, I need a job. Well, God knows exactly how to give you that job. Amen. You say, well, my problem is my health, Brother Tim. It's my, the battle that I'm going through. Well, God is a restorer of health. And, and, and make no difference if you're aged today, how old you are. Remember, it was Abraham received the promise of God when he was a very old man. And God healed Sarah and restored her, and not only restored her, but totally brought total deliverance to her and a promised son at, at, the, at the age of, of when she was past 90. So you see, God has no limits on him. Amen. A prophet would, would rush to the bedside of a 90 year old Bill Dow and, and see God come on the scene and raise him up again to live a number of more years. You see, there's no limits on this God. No matter how far you strayed, no matter how far you have been in sin, no matter what wickedness that you have lived in, this God is a restorer. No matter how bad your family is off, no matter how far away they've strayed away from God, no matter how impossible it looks like, they may be a house full of infidels, they may be a house full of unbelievers, but this God is a God who can reach further down than you can look up and he can bring a restoration because he is a God who said, I will restore, saith the Lord. That's his word of promise. Now, looking at the land of Israel today, the land itself was a dry and a desolate place. It was nothing but a, 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 an abandoned desert, as it were, 
with uh, lands that had long went back to briars and thistles and, and everything else. And, the, and the, its inhabitants had been dispersed out through all the world. But God's word had said, had said, I will restore. And his word had looked upon this valley of dry bones. And he says, he said, these bones will hear the word of the Lord. And they will become an exceeding great and mighty army. And God's word has brought about its restoration until today Israel is a mighty army and a thriving nation with a great expectation in the hearts of many as they look for the Messiah to come. But that ought to give us courage today when we, when we just even look at this partial fulfillment or the natural fulfillment of these dry bones. If they are coming forth, you know them, the spiritual fulfillment. Amen. It's even ahead of them because we got to get out of the way before they can receive their Messiah. So we're actually advanced beyond where Israel is today in our, in our restoration Hallelujah, we have seen the Messiah. We have come back to the original atonement. Amen, healing is in our midst. Salvation is in our midst. The Holy Ghost is in our midst. Everything, every part of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost is with us in this day and this hour. What a privileged people we are to have here heard the word of the Lord. And I'm looking today upon dry bones that hurt it and dry bones that lived. Hallelujah. And I'm looking upon some that are still dry bones. Amen. But the word of the Lord is still going forth to bring to life those who have, have only just been justified or sanctified and gathered with the sinew and flesh has come upon it. But oh, today there is a wind of the Holy Ghost. Amen. They're coming from glory to cause the dry bones to breathe. Oh, breathe, oh, breath of God. Breathe, oh, breath of God. Come and breathe upon this church, upon this people, upon these dry bones. This word can go out into the distant lands. This word can reach out into the brothels and the prostitute dens, down to the drunkards, down to the dopeheads. No matter where they are, this word can find them. He'll find every predestinated seed. He ain't going to leave one of his behind. Hallelujah. Now, Another one of these descriptive words, promise and restoration, is the latter rain. The latter rain brings to harvest all the seed since Genesis. It is here that the seed sown by both sowers will come to maturity. The tare and the wheat will both come to maturity in this age because of the outpouring of the latter rain. If we would look again in Hosea chapter 6 that we have read from verse 1, um, and we've read it in, in services past, that he tells us what we must do and what his work will be 
upon Israel as a natural nation and upon the bride as a spiritual nation. And he says, come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He has smitten and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up again, raise us up and we shall live in his sight. So it would be from Hosea's time of prophecy that now Israel is well into her third day. In other words, it's been 2,500 years or more since Isaiah or Hosea made this prophecy. Are you with me? Amen. So 2,000 years being a day in the third day, they're actually right over already pressing and, and they've come past 2,000 years. Now they're back to Hosea's time where the prophecy comes. And he says, we're, we're right here after two days. In the third days, he will raise us up again. And we will live in his sight. And this was speaking of Israel. And then it said, then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning, and it's, he will come unto us as the rain, as the former, the latter and the former rain under the earth. So he tells us how his coming will be. He will come as the latter rain. Brother Branham would say it this way in the spoken words original seed. He says, now what's the matter now? She is now waiting for the latter rain. Now, he's right on the eve, on the cusp of the seals being open and the mysteries coming and the latter rain to fall. And then he says, it's in that latter rain that she produces her fruits. Amen. Oh, I'm you. I hope you get her. Then the kind of seed you have planted in your field will be the kind of crop you will reap. If the denomination wants more members, that's what they're going to get. Amen. That's what they've gotten. The Pentecostals want more Pentecostal. That's what they're going to get. Right. But the Word is going to produce sons and daughters of God. Amen. Amen. Let that sink down under the fifth rib today. Amen. Down on the left side and realize right down here in your heart. Amen. The Word is going to produce sons and daughters of God. Amen, look at that great ladder rain that's supposed to come. How they would run over the wall and leap over and how there'd be an army coming. Oh, just a minute. The kind of crop you'll get is the kind of seed you put in your field. Aren't you glad the Son of Man went forth sowing seed so there could be sons and daughters in this last day? That are sons and daughters of the word, not of the church, not of the denomination, but the word again. Hallelujah. This harvest rain, this outpouring here in the seventh age is an outpouring of the spirit that has brought back sons of God and brought them back to their promised land, the land of the Bible. Amen. They have returned with wave after wave and they are taking the land. The, the dry bones are coming to life until finally, and finally, ultimately, the dry bones of even the saints of all the ages 
will, will also rise by the word of this prophecy. Amen. The son of man, you know, son of man, can these bones live? And again, the word comes back. The instructions are speak, prophesy, and prophesy again. Hallelujah. Now, if we look in Matthew 11, verse 12, there's a principle I want to get to you, to this audience this morning. And, and that is in this, that it speaks of the words of Jesus saying, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, remember when we were speaking on God's mighty army, we spoke, you can't be lukewarm about this. You can't be complacent. Every person has to fight in the battle. Amen. Even in the, in the service like this today, it's not just me, the preacher, that has to, that, that has to bring forth the word of the Lord. You've got to help me preach. Amen. You've got to respond. You've got to do your part. You've got to create an atmosphere around you. Amen, that somebody next to you will start believing and being able to receive something from God. Are you with me now? But, so, but he said, it is from the, from the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. It means it used force. And the violent or the strong take it by force. Hallelujah. You see, there, there are things that you got to do. There's a part you've got to play in this. Amen. I just uh, was uh, sharing, someone shared with me a quote the other day about how that God wants us to participate in, the, in his work. And he said, he said to those little women, Mary and Martha, roll away the stone. He said he could have spoke the word and could have broke into million shivers. But he said he didn't. He called for them little weak women to step forth and roll away the stone. And when they did their part, God come on the scene and did his part. Hallelujah. You've got a part to do also. Amen. You've got to stand there and speak the word and prophesy and prophesy again. Amen. Amen. Now, I'd like to read this from, I, I, I don't know much about this translation. I just like the way it was translated. But this is from, it's called the Passion Translation, and I never ever, ever heard of it yet. But when I was looking at the meanings of this scripture, because the, the theologians and the translators says this Passage of scripture, put it back up there again, is the is the most one of the most difficult passages of scripture to translate. Because the words that are used in Greek, they actually had to translate them back to Hebrew and then back to English again to get meaning from them. It was so difficult to translate. But anyway, this is a this is the translation that that they came up with from the moment. John stepped unto the scene until now. The realm of heaven is bursting forth and passionate people have taken hold of its power. 
Hallelujah. Can I tell you that all over again so you can get it? From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people have taken a hold of its power. Hallelujah. I tell you, let me just say, from the days of our forerunner, from the days of our John the Baptist, this Elijah, he used force, and even so, we must use force. Hallelujah. The realm of heaven's kingdom bursted open under that ministry, and those that are passionate, hallelujah, it's passionate people have taken a hold of his power. Glory to God. Amen. I hope there's somebody that has a passion, has a drive. Amen. Has a seal, has a zealousness for this message. Amen. I won't quit. I won't stop. I won't back up. I won't retreat. I won't give up land. I will not let go of a promise of God. Amen. I am one who will take it by force. Amen. Stand toe to the toe with the devil and say, give it back. Souls of men that he's taken from God. Amen. Give back our children. Give back our healing. Give back our health. Give back the Holy Ghost to the church. Give back all breath of God. Breathe. I say from the days of our forerunner, how many believes we've had a John? From the days of our forerunner, this Elijah, he used force and we must use force. Amen. Demons fell by force. Amen. The maniac fell to his feet, to, to Brother Bannon's feet. And upon his feet by force. Amen. Tommy Osborne and them that was there, actually Daisy was the one who witnessed it, said that when he walked up and he got up so close to Brother Branham, he said he ran into a wall. And when he ran into that wall, he just crumbled and fell right down. Now, he ran into force. Amen. Why? Because it was not him, it was not Brother Branham that the, that the maniac had contested. It was God's word that, the, that the, the devil had contested. Come on. Now let me tell you, it's not you that the enemy has come against. It's the word he's come against. And this battle you are in is not your battle. It's the Lord's battle. It's not a flesh and blood battle. It is a spiritual battle. Now, the maniac fell by force. Blind eyes and deaf ears came open by force. Seven angels bursted forth, amen, with force from the heaven's realm. And the seven seals were opened. The book was taken by force. How do you know that? Amen. He didn't wrestle it from God. Don't get that picture. But he was a bloody lamb. He had been in battle for this book. 
and he took the book by force. Come on, church. Amen. He wrested the inheritance from the grip of Satan's claim and claimed the book for us. Amen. Now, passionate people are taking a hold of its power. Amen. Amen. I love what Brother Timothy said Wednesday night, and it so resonated within my soul. The sword of the king is back in the hands of a man. Hallelujah. Did you hear what I said? That day when he was in Sabina Canyon and there a sword came into his hand, what did it show? The sword is back in the hands of a man again. You say, that was, that was Brother Branham's sword. No, that was the king's sword. Amen. And even as Moses went and got the seal or got the, the law and got the commandments, uh, but that was Israel getting the commandments. And even as Brother Branham there went and received the king's sword, that was the bride receiving the king's sword. It's back in the hands of a man again. The power of the word is in your hands. Hallelujah. And the way you handle his sword is by the mouth. By the word of the Lord comes from the mouth. How did these bones live? They live by the word of the Lord, spoken by the mouth of a man. Now, I would like to share with you a little quotation. And this is from what we used to call warning and judgment. They changed the title of it. God doesn't call a man to judgment without first warning him. But nevertheless, it says in his prayer, he said, Lord Jesus, we are a people who are trying to do our best. Could we say that this morning? I wonder for this next couple of hours here today, can you do your best? Can you honestly say to God, I'm trying to do my best. I'm giving my best this morning. We are people who are trying our best with all that's within us to walk in the light of the gospel of your great gospel that you died to make right. And we are so thankful to see in this evil dark days that we're living now in this hour that we see the signs appearing, oh God, as it is a handwriting on the wall. And we thank thee, Lord, that we can see it and know that deliverance is close at hand. What, brother? We see the deliverances that are happening then we know deliverance for your loved one. (laughs) Come on, you see God moving here for this one. Then that ought to give you faith is going to move for you. Come on, you got to start believing. Amen, don't write your kids off. Amen, don't you dare do that. Amen, don't give up on the promise. Don't let go of that promise. Hold on. Amen. Let me be passionate about it. I'm not giving up. I'm not letting go until I get that blessing. Amen. So he says, supernatural, supernatural sign is striking the earth. And we see it knowing that the great army of God marches on. <laughs> oh, no. 
not many in number, but what a powerful group that's got eternal life. Amen. Said they would run through a troop and leap over a wall. Uh, yes, the troop of death will have no holders to it. She'll run through it, leap over the wall between the natural and the supernatural and go into the arms of God into that great eternity. Amen. I'm talking to you. Amen. You ought to look at that today and say, that's me. I'm part of that army. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through the troop of death and leap over the wall. The, the devil may have given you a death warrant today and say, I'm taking you to death. I've run through that troop of death and I leap over the wall right into the promise of God. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Whatever it is, I would do that. Come on. Whatever the need is, you say, well, my need's a job. My need's is this. My need's is that. I don't care what your need's is. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. Amen. It's coming in waves of glory. It's an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Did you ever see a ladder, a rain fall and here in Louisiana, anyway, you can see, many times see the thing coming. And then sometimes, especially the summer rains, will come in waves. Amen. And, and so, as, he, as we're looking at it, waves after wave, the, the realm of heaven's kingdom is breaking forth in our age. An angel broke through the clouds of unbelief and from heaven's dimension... There walked out, uh, there came a pillar of fire, and out of that came an angel descending out of that pillar of fire. The sick were healed. The blind eyes were open. Amen. They were able to proclaim, Bible days are here again. Amen. I'm here proclaiming, Bible days are still here. We have been returned back to Paul's gospel. Hallelujah, with the same doctrine, the same word, the same power. Amen. You know, when, when that happened with Brother Branham, it caused waves of glory. I mean, many got swept up by it and moved under the power of God. It didn't just affect Brother Branham. Amen. It affected other ministries as well. Amen. Come on. Amen. This, this, this wave of God is not just about a prophet, although it's, it, it, that's very much involved in this. An angel of God came to a prophet. Come on. But I want you to know that angel, an angel of God came to you as well. Are you with me? So there's wave after wave after wave. And, and, and as the Holy Spirit began to be poured out, in its initial outpouring of the Spirit of God, there were men that would rise up like Jack Cole, and he would ride. He would he would ride on the wave of that outpouring. Oil Roberts, he would he also was one who would ride on the wave of that outpouring. What I'm trying to get to you today is you've got to be passionate too. Amen. You also must ride on the wave of the outpouring. Are you with me now? Amen. So Jack Cole, as, as I mentioned him, he was an assembly God preacher, had doubt in his heart, didn't believe that, you know, he, 
He'd come to the point, you know, thinking that all this stuff was fake and sat in Brother Branham's meetings and, and was watching different things that was taking place. And, you know, uh, and, and he, he tells about it himself, how that he sat there in the seat of the scornful and watched um, Brother Branham pronounce healing and, and of a blind man said, you're, you're healed. And, he, and uh, you know, he said, he said um, you know, he watched that blind man and three days later, his eyes came open. And, and, and so he was sitting there, still a little, a little skeptic in his heart. And Brother Branham passes by him on the way out, pats him on the leg, and said, what are you so skeptical about? You're a preacher yourself. You're sick as well, but your sickness caused you to run down with all your revival meetings. Don't be skeptical about this. God's got a work for you to do too. And Brother, that so inspired him, he got there under that anointing and began to believe God. And he rode on that divine healing movement and that wave of the move of God. Now, you know, these men knew how to tap into heaven's outpouring. They knew, you, they knew that you could sit right under the flow of the Spirit and right where the glory was coming out and miss it because of unbelief. You know, Jack had to be stirred from his unbelief to start believing Amen. Once he started believing, then the power also worked for him. And healing miracles began to take place as he rode on that divine healing wave. Is somebody with me this morning? Amen. Where the glory, you see, but he knew, Jack knew you could sit right where in the spout where the glory is coming out and, and miss it because of unbelief and unconfessed sins. You say, well, Brother Tim, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a sinner. You know, I'm not a sinner. I don't have unconfessed sins. You, you know, maybe you didn't go out and rob a bank. Maybe you didn't go out and, and shoot somebody. But you see, every one of us are dealing this morning, even in our heart, with unbelief. Amen. I, I'm telling you, it's right. There, there are, there, we've got to become passionate about what we have. When we come to the house of God, get rid of the unbelief. Amen. Now, so you know, he, he, brother, brother Jack, he, he knew like Brother Branham did, you, you can't come and, and ride on this wave and receive its benefits with unconfessed sins in your life. He said, Jackson would say, you know, when he was preaching about it, he said, you could let, just let envy and malice and strife come in your heart, and that thing will rob you from the thing that God has with you. Yes. Amen. You, you, can, you can have a, 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 a spirit within you that possesses your wife and possesses your kids and holds them under bondage, and that evil spirit will keep you from getting the glory of God when it comes into the church. Amen. You can have a spirit of jealousy about you. Maybe these things aren't, aren't outward, but they're inward. Maybe they're hidden things. You see, there, there are things that we still have to grapple with because of this flesh. And I'll tell you, when you come in the presence of God, you want to clean yourself up before God and come under the examination of the Holy Spirit and let him deal with the sin of unbelief in your life. 
Amen. Brother, brother, brother Jack spoke about this. He said, you can let envy and malice and strife come in your heart, and that thing will rob you from the thing God has for you. It'll take the blessings of God right out of your life. said, how many times have I heard this in the healing line? People will say, I don't understand it. If sister so-and-so don't get healed, then nobody can get healed because she's the same of God. said, how do you know she is? Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. You don't know what sister so-and-so's got in her heart. Hey, quit judging yourselves by yourself. Judge yourself by him, the perfect one. You've heard it hundreds of times. There's sister so-and-so, and she's an invalid, and she don't get healed, then nobody will get healed. I can't go by sister so-and-so. There's only one thing I can go by, and that's by this book. And he promised to heal all my diseases and take away all my iniquities. He said, a host of angels encamp about those that fear the Lord. He didn't tell me to pattern my life after sister so-and-so. He told me to pattern my life after him. He said, be thou perfect, even as I am perfect. Somebody said, Brother Coke, can you believe that? Can you reach that perfection? Yes, in him you can reach perfection. You don't even know your own wife's heart because you look at her faults and all her shortcomings. You don't even know your own husband's heart. You don't know the thoughts that run through his mind. What right do you have to have to stand up and say, if God doesn't heal him, then nobody can get healed? Then he tells about experience where he was down in Nederland, Texas one time and the pastor said to him on the way home, said, I don't understand. Said, you prayed tonight for a, for a woman and everybody knows she's a, an habitual drunkard. She is a town drunk and, and she sat down on the altar and gave her heart to God and, and she came down walking in on crutches and and you prayed for her after that, and she dropped those crutches and went all over the building praising God. Said, now, tell me why God would heal somebody like that when I got a little sister in my church with a waterhead baby, and she's a deacon's wife, and they pay tithes, and they come to church, and there's not a more godly couple in the world than that couple. Why is it that God don't heal that baby? He said, I said to that pastor, I don't know her life. And he said, but I do. I'm her pastor. You see, he said, no, you don't. Oh, yes, I do. She's the only woman, he's the only man that I can put my uttermost confidence in, my church. And look what they have to go through. Carrying that, that uh, little waterhead baby at eight years old, can't walk, great big head, little bitty body. The child cries all hours of the night. And the mother has to, put, has to be up with it. He said, now you tell me why God won't heal that baby. I said, I don't know her heart. And you don't know it either. He said, oh, yes, I do. And he said, well, we just said no more about it. We just drove on. But the next morning, they come to a prayer meeting. And the Spirit of God began to, start, began to move in the church. And that little sister stood on her feet with had tears rolling down her cheeks, and she says, I have missed God. I have murmured and complained because God gave me a waterhead baby. Now, you know, a lot of times people will murmur and complain against God because of the grab bag of life. 
Maybe you lost your wife or you lost your husband or you've been through a divorce or somebody did something wrong to you or, or the church failed you or the pastor didn't come to see you when he thought and you developed a bitterness in your heart. You've got to deal with sin. No matter where it is, if you want the blessings of God, you've got to deal with sin. That sin has kept you from the house of God. That sin has kept you from the fellowship of believers. That sin has kept you from the presence of Almighty God and the blessings to flow on your life. Amen. I know, I know what bitterness will do. Bitterness in a heart turned against God. It happened to my own sister because she couldn't have a baby. And she held that in her heart until it continued to grow, till it drove her insane and she took her life. That's what bitterness will do. You've got to deal with sin no matter what form it's in. You want to wave right on the wave of God's glory. You want the benefits of his healing power. You want to see God move for your family. You want to see God's blessings on your life. You got to deal with sin no matter what, where it comes from. It might be because of the gossip of somebody else who had bitterness in their own heart against the church of God is why that you don't hardly attend church yourself and have no confidence in the ministry. But it's sin. Amen. There can be a lot of areas that you have to deal with. It could be a bitterness against a parent or against, uh, against uh, something that happened in your home, maybe a broken home, and it has hindered you and bound you and kept you from moving on with God and receiving the Holy Ghost. And then that bitterness is a root that begins to defile many. I'll tell you right now, I would, if I were you, if I want to ride on the wave of this glory of God, I would start right now saying, Lord, purge me and cleanse me. Let the blood flow over me today and wash away all of this unbelief and this criticism and unbelief and doubting in my life. Make me pure before you because it's the pure, those that are pure in heart that will see God. If you want to see God in this meeting, you want to see God in your life, it's time to let the blood come flow over you. He said, now, this woman, this pastor said, look, I don't know of a better, greater saint than this couple. He's a deacon in my church. They pay their tithes. They stand by me through thick and thin. But the next morning in the prayer meeting, when the Spirit of God was moving, that sister stood to her feet with tears rolling down her cheeks and said, I miss God. She said, I murmured and complained because God gave me a waterhead baby. Now, first of all, I want you to understand something. God doesn't send sickness. Sickness is of the devil. God didn't cause your children to stray. Satan did that. God didn't even cause you to be born in a dysfunctional family. Sin caused that dysfunctional family. You can't blame God for, for what your circumstances of life are. 
you got to realize, you know, this is a world of sin and unbelief and, and darkness and, and, and doubting and fear. You got to also know you were born in it and you will face those things in your life. You'll have to overcome. But God knows he's got a confidence in every predestinated seed that no matter what kind of situation they're brought under, up under, come on, like a woman at the well. Brother Branham said about her, said she probably wasn't a bad girl. She was probably sold out there by her father for monetary reasons. Amen. And, and it started that kind of life. But I tell you, you see, the devil can't hide a predestinated seed from his God. Amen. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. And he's here this morning to uncover the mud and the darkness upon your life where that you can ride on the wave of God's glory. Amen. The next morning in prayer, she said, I miss God. She said, I murmured and complained because God gave me a waterhead baby. I blame God in my heart. Nobody ever knew this. My pastor didn't know it. My husband didn't know it. But I've been bitter against God. I found fault with the pastor. Oh, now it comes out. I found Paul with the pastor and said, Brother, I want you to ask me to forgive me, but in my heart I criticize you because you did not pray the prayer of faith to make my baby well. I'm pretty sure he had prayed many prayer of faith, but because of unconfessed sin in her life, she could not receive that blessing she was asking for. Faith would not come. You see, faith comes on the behalf, on the, on the person who is being prayed for. It isn't the man that heals you, and it isn't his faith that's healed you. It's your faith in touching God through that man's prayer. But you've got to believe. Amen. But he said, said uh, as, uh, but he said, I criticize you because you did not pray the prayer of faith to make my baby well at home. I have criticized everybody in this church in my heart, not outwardly, but in my heart. Down on the inside of me up to this morning, I have been one of the most bitter people that there ever was. And this morning, I prayed through, and if God never heals my baby, and it never lets me get well, I'm going to walk with God. And that night she brought that baby to the prayer line and I anointed and prayed it for it. And when she went out the door, I couldn't tell a bit of difference in the baby. And I said, sister, God will heal and answer your prayer if you're clear before God. And she said, Brother Coe, if I carry this baby to my grave, I'm going to walk with God. I have cut the bitterness out, and it's going to stay out. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just seeking God's face and seeing how close I can get to him. Oh, that's somebody that heaven opened, and they become passionate about God. Amen, passionate about his word and letting the flow of the Holy Spirit. Whatever you have to do, I just want it. this result. Let me come closer to you, Lord. Amen. I'm just seeking God's face and see how close I can get to him. 
I wonder if you could do that today just for a moment. Forget about your need now. Forget about that request in your heart. Forget about that need for a job, that need for your husband's healing, that need for your healing, that need for, for financial blessing, that need for, for your, your loved one to be, that is lost to be saved. And get one, one thing in mind. One thing in mind, Lord, I'm seeking your face to see how close I can get to you. I want to become a friend of God. Amen. I want to be one that can be sensitive to the move of the Spirit. And this bitterness, this this hindrance has been keeping me from the blessings of God. Amen. When she took that baby home and set it down on the floor and went to go make the beds, and while the baby was on the floor, that baby reached down and untied its shoes and took its stockings off and stuck its stockings in his shoes and got up on his feet for the first time and carried his shoes in and set them underneath the crib where the mother had been putting his shoes every night. And when the mother turned around and saw that baby setting those shoes there, she let out a scream and started running. And she ran clear outside the house and clear around the house, praising and magnifying God. Said she came back to church the next night and busted up the whole service, showing how her child could walk. The child still had a waterhead. But you know what happened? As that woman drew closer to God, uh, uh, the whole head began to shrink and shrink and shrink. And in less than a year's time, the child's head was back to normal. Amen. You, you want instantaneous miracles, but that's the way God heals. Amen. You just draw closer to God and see if he want to honor his word. Glory to God. Amen. You know, we, we get prayed for, well, nothing happened to me tonight. You know, it didn't work. Well, that's, that's not a true confession of faith. Get that unbelief out of you. God can't heal you with that. Another brother got, got healed and the blessings of God came. He had such arthritis he couldn't get around. I, I witnessed this with my own eyes, you know. And, and he jumped and ran and healed and free and his, his bones was free and completely healed. And come back the next service and said, we got to find something that works. Something that will last. And he still sits in that pitiful condition today. Because he let unbelief rob him of what the blessings were. He only, he only rode, rode on that wave just for a few minutes and sunk back down in despair. That may be you this morning. But I can remember a man named Peter that one time walked on water and then sunk. But that wasn't the end of him. Amen. He turned back around and cried unto Jesus and said, save me lest I perish. And got his eyes back on Jesus and he walked on water twice. And I'm telling you, if you've been down and you have failed and you, you think it's all hopeless and you're just going to drown in that anger and that bitterness or whatever it is, let me tell you, get the eyes back on Jesus. Yeah. 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 Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Call out to him, Satan, lest I perish. And he'll make you walk on water twice. Get ready to walk on water again. Get ready to walk on water again. You said, I ain't had the joy of the Lord in my life for a long time. Get ready for it to come back. He said, I will restore, saith the Lord. Amen. He said, and let's see here. That child's head was back to normal. Another evangelist came, and the child could not speak or hear. And the evangelist prayed for the child and God loosed its tongue and gave its hearing back. Amen. And the last time I saw that woman, her child was in the third grade, a normal, healthy, well child running and playing with the rest of the children. She got everything out of the way. If you'll confess your heart out before God and get everything out of the way, you can press through and touch the hem of his garment and it'll make you whole. And in order to touch the hem of his garment, you got to bow way down to get the hem. you got to come humble yourself before God, and he will lift you up. That's the thing. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you might be healed. Do you want to get healed? Do you want that deliverance in your life? Amen. Then it's time then for you to deal with the bitterness in your heart. The secret sins that are there, the things that's holding you back, that backslidden condition that keeps you out of church. You say, well, we, we, we've been doing that and God healed for us anyway. Listen, sometimes God will heal right over your stupidity and ignorance just to show you he's God. Are you with me? But you see, she was there again. That bitterness has to get out in order for you to ride on the wave of God's glory. Again, heaven is opening. Amen. Heaven is open. Am I the only one that believes that? Okay, then preach with me. I said, heaven is open. Seven angels came. Healing came. Miracles came. The Holy Ghost that fell on the day of Pentecost is right back here again, the eternal prescription. Heaven is open. But you decide on whether or not you'll be a recipient of that opening because it is the passionate that takes it by force. Passionate people lay hold of its power. Brother Branham would tell us in the seven golden, uh, seven church ages, he said, his glorious power shall strike the earth. He cometh in clouds. We saw him come in a cloud of mighty angels. Do you believe that? Open up the seven seals to us. Seven thunders have uttered their voices. That makes you a people of power. That is tapped into heaven's power, to heaven's anointing. Are you with me? His, his great glorious presence shall strike the earth. He cometh in clouds. Oh, I love that clouds. There will be wave after wave of his glory will come upon the earth. And the resurrection of the saints shall come. When that blessed Holy Spirit that has lived in their hearts 
and they died with their corpses laying there and the tear stains over their cheeks and things like that. And they're placed out here in the graveyard. A great wave of that same spirit and a whoosh, a wave after wave. Oh, breathe, oh, breath of God. Amen. He that was last will be first, and he that was first shall be last. How can it be that way? That's the order of the resurrection. I don't know nobody, won't know nobody in the generation before me or the generation after me. I'll know those in this, this generation of this. And every generation will come successfully right as it went down. They which were last will be first. Sure it has to be. See, I'll know my people. The next fellow, my dad, will know his people, his grandfather, his people, on down like that, wave after wave after wave, and the saints arising from everywhere. Won't it be wonderful? Oh, he said, that makes the old people feel young again. Hallelujah. Don't you see where the waves, as it continues, coming in of the Holy Spirit, it finally even hits the dry bones of the saints of all the ages. And they will all rise. Hallelujah. In this age, there has been wave after wave of the Spirit as he poured it out. Now that wave after wave comes from word by word, prophecy after prophecy. Prophesy, son of man. 1906, the last church age began, and it will end with the resurrection and the rapture of the church. The dry bones will live again. Beginning with Azusa Street, and then on down into Kansas, and then finally into Louisiana. You know, we're, we're one of the places right here in North Louisiana where the Spirit of God was poured out in the Azusa Street revival. And there in Louisiana, it was poured out, and God you know, people thought it was Pentecost, and they thought it was so. They thought it was a, re, a, a, a return to the book of Acts, and, and, and so it was, but only its beginnings. But the day of Pentecost would not fully come until the full word would come into manifestation. And when the full word would come, then the day of Pentecost would fully come. Are you with me now? So it was not complete. The day the, the Azusa Streets was in its beginnings, but the day of Pentecost would not fully come until the word was fully restored. So Azusa Street was not the complete. It was greater, however, than Luther's justification. It was greater than Wesley's sanctification. It was, you know, because it was accompanied with outbursts of emotion and speaking in tongues, and people thought it was the real. But it went right back into organization and proved it was not the real. But there is another people in the land who are the final wave of the Spirit. Amen. And it's more than a forgiveness of sins. And it's more than sanctification where man puts off the sins of the flesh. But it, and it's more than an outburst of emotion and a gift of the Spirit. But it's the very hour where the very life of Christ must be on display. It's time for another wave. I don't think you got that. It's time for another wave. Do you want to be a part of that wave? 
Amen. You, then you know what you got to do. You got to come clean before God. You need to purify your hearts. You need to wash your hands. You need to prepare, amen, for the blessings of God to come so that you can be a recipient of that divine grace. Come on now. You got to get rid of it. You got to get a bigger capacity for the word than that little jug that fills up, you know, after about 40 minutes and you're through and you're ready to go home. You got to get a bigger capacity that when the word is went forth and we're worshiping and watering it in, that you get restless and want to go home because you can't wait on the Spirit of God to move in the church. Amen. You got to get a bigger capacity for the word of God than what you've had. Somebody say, Come by here, Lord. Come to my pew. He just did. Son of man, can these bones live? Prophesy. That's why I'm preaching. Amen. There's a resurrection here in this end time. Amen. There's a bride that'll be alive and remain at the coming of the Lord. There'll be a people on fire for God. She will not be a Laodicea. By no means will she be lukewarm, but she will be that overcoming church that'll be here in this last day with a fire of zealousness in her bosom that rises up in the hour and says, that enemy has got to fall. I'm not living with that monkey on my back one more day. Amen. I am not going to carry this devil around the rest of my life. This enemy is not going to torment my family not another day. I am here. Amen. Sounded the Jubilee trumpet and the trumpet said, you are free. Throw down your hole. Throw down your unbelief. Throw down the spirit of darkness and call down heaven because heaven is opening. Hallelujah. Let, let those that are alive praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I got hope for you dead ones. Because there's a word coming forth to resurrect you to life too. Now, it's the hour where the very life of Christ is on display. It's the time of another wave. And you are that final wave of the Spirit where, uh, where the very life of Christ will be on display. The final wave before the dead in Christ rise. The full word has come. It has been restored. Paul's gospel is here by the opening of those seven seals has returned us back to the very gospel that Paul preached. Pentecost could not preach that. Azusa Street failed. Amen. Brother Branham would tell them in their 50th Jubilee, he would preach why I think Pentecost failed. And that was because they didn't go far enough with God. They stopped with speaking in tongues and didn't progress on. And let me just tell you, you've got to go beyond even in your walk of just the revealing of the mysteries. But Christ himself has got to be made real to you. 
You might say, I know serpent seed and predestination, Brother Tim. And I can out-argue the best. And I can out-debate the best. I know it backwards and forward. But I want to know something this morning. Do you know Jesus? Do you know the power of his resurrection? Do you know the quickening life of God that will quicken your mortal bodies and bring it subject to the word of God and cause you to live the life of Christ? That's what I want to know. It's not knowing his doctrine, his life. It's knowing him, his life. Pentecost sought for the gift and not the giver. We received the gift of the word. And many only got the form of the letter and left the spirit behind. Let me just read you. What the full word is to, what it will do, it'll bring a people to full age. We'll look in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 13. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. That means he is unskillful and experienced in the word. Now, prior ages have drank the milk of the word. For example, in the age of justification, that was the word, but it was still milk. Sanctification, they were unskilled in the work of righteousness, the word of righteousness. It was sanctification, but it was still milk. Azusa Street drank the milk of emotion and gifts that excited the human spirit and its emotions, but it was still milk. But verse 14 tells us who who will receive strong meat. But strong meat. Amen. What is this this for? The strong take it by force. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised, that means their perception invigorated to discern both good and evil. Amen, full age. There's a people coming to full age. Amen, this is why it's called the bride age. She's marriage age. One of the reasons that it's called the bride age is because she's of the age to get married. It's the rapture age. It's the climax age. It's the grain age. It's the harvest age. It's the age where it goes into the garner. Amen. Now, full age. You know, full age, 1 Corinthians 13 and 10. But that which is perfect is when that which is perfect is come. Now, this word, this word perfect is the same word as full age. When the word comes in its fullness, then that which is in part shall be done away with. In other words, again, just having part is done away with. Because when you got the fullness, you got it all. Now, some will say, you know, well, I'll tell you, and and really what they don't want anymore today, they don't want tongues. They don't want the gifts of the Spirit. They don't want want any emotion. They don't want anything like that. You know, so they don't deny justification or sanctification. They just don't want that other little part. You know, they're afraid they, they might get a little bit emotional or something. 
But I'll tell you, you say, well, you see, it's because we're, we're full age. And, and because we're full age and this jumping up and down like a kid and trying to speak in tongues is over with. And I agree. Amen. Jumping up and down like a kid. Amen. And, and trying to speak in tongues is finished with. It's not our, it's not our evidence. It's not what we're seeking after. And we're not trying to speak in tongues. Amen, that's all over with. But the full word has come in a manifestation. And with the full word, all of it's there. And if you ever get born of the word, you'll be a tongue speaking, Act 238 screaming, yelling, youngin'. Because that's the only kind of thing, the only kind of child the word can bring forth. Hallelujah. When that which is perfect has come, notice what he says in verse 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. We had childishness in ages past. I understood as a child, and that's true. They didn't have full understanding. I thought as a child, and so they did. But when I become a man, I put away childish things. I heard one of the greatest the greatest of, of Azusa Street. His name was John G. Lake. He was one of the greatest of the early revivalists. I think he died about mm, 1930s, in the ni- mid-1930s. He's called an apostle to South Africa. He was a great man of faith. But he, was, he understood as a child. And when it broke forth in that day, in that time, it started breaking forth... You know, they were having a camp meeting, and they were all together, and, and all of a sudden, fire broke out in the camp meeting. I'm talking about spiritual fire. There was a man up reading his Bible one night and saw that you were to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the way all the apostles did it. And he went running through the camp of that whole Trinitarian group of people, spreading the word that revelation had come, and it struck a fire in there. Of course, later they made a denomination out of it like the rest of them. But in a way, John G. Lake understood as a child. And he said, now today there's a lot of questions about baptism. And some, you know, they, you know they, they're taking there what it says in the book of Acts. But Jesus, the words of Jesus, I'd rather believe the words of Jesus than anybody else. And he said to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Why could he do that? He was a child. He was immature in his thinking. He ought to have been mature enough to know that word cannot deny word. And Peter also had the words of Jesus. When he said, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But he was a child in his thinking. He thought as a child. He spoke as a child. And he spoke foolish things. Amen. But we don't have to speak foolish things. We can speak as mature adults, as a mature church. And we know that word doesn't fight word. Scripture doesn't fight scripture. And brethren, quotes don't fight quotes. You've got to find the continuity of it all. You can't build a doctrine on just one of them. 
But let me tell you, since you opened up those seven seals, the full word, Revelation 10, the full word is to be born in a manifestation again and vindicated by the Spirit of God in the full strength as it was when he was here on the earth. Amen. We're in the day where the full word has been revealed. That's the wave that we are, we are riding on. You say, well, Brother Tim, our emphasis is not on tongues anymore. That's right, but we can still have speaking in tongues. Amen. Well, our emphasis is not on divine healing and that, and that great divine healing move. That may be right, but as long as we got needs in the body, we need divine healing, and it's part of the word. Come on. Amen. Sure, the emphasis is upon maturity and on the full word. But you see, with the full word comes the fullness of its power. Hallelujah. Amen. The full word is born in manifestation. Again, vindicated by the Spirit of God in the full strength as it was when he was on the earth. Manifested in the same way, doing the same things it did when it was here on the earth. Amen. Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. In St. Luke 17, 30, in the last days when the Son of Man shall be revealed. And the Son of Man is revealing itself again. The scripture says that those living will not prevent those that are asleep. Is that right? Amen. It's the only age that won't prevent. Come on. Amen. There were things in the other ages that prevented them from taking full, complete victory and authority. But we are in the day and the hour of the full age. Amen. Where the strong meat, where that it makes strong a people who take it by force. Amen. So we will not prevent. Remember, the Ephesian age lost their first love and was losing out. I'm talking to a people today where first love is going to be restored in the hearts and lives of the people. Amen. There's some of you that are falling way short of that. The The first love isn't there. Amen. But I've got a promise for you. It's being restored in this hour. You can have that first love again. You can have a fresh and up-to-date experience with God. Ephesian age lost it, but you have regained it. There's a people in our midst today that has regained their first love. Are you with me? Like a seed that is planted and begins to deteriorate as the life changes from seed to sprout. Even so, Ephesus deteriorated and she lost her first love. And even then, there was another reason. There was another reason why that that age was not raptured. And that's because it was others whose names was in the book who were not yet manifested. And one by one, the early church was laid into the ground. And they've had to sleep and wait for this time. But I'm announcing to you this this morning, the bones are living again. This is the day of the revealing are the manifestations of the sons of God. Amen. Here he comes with the full word in bride form. Many of you have pondered over what God wrote to you in this age. You know, God wrote some things by the pen of a prophet. 
And he wrote, he wrote by the hand of a prophet who was told, pick up your pen and start writing. And he began writing about you. Somebody ought to shout it right there. Come on, church. He began writing about me. That's what, that's what that was. Pick up your pen and write. He was writing it to you. This is your word. The word is in the bride. Hallelujah. Amen. The word is in the bride. This is what he wrote about you. The word is in the bride. And the mind of Christ to know what he wants done with the word. Hallelujah. Now you're sitting there wondering and you pondered over this for years and years. What does he want done with the word? Well, I'll tell you one thing he wants done with the word. He, he, he wants it spoken. Say to these dry bones, son of man. Say to them. Prophesy to them. Live. He wants somebody that'll put the word on their lips. He wants somebody that'll make this word live in this hour. He wants somebody to put faith in that word. He don't want it remaining on books and in papers. He wants it written in your heart, but it's not just to be an inward thing. It's to, it, is to, it, it ought to come out of you like a, a, a river of living water. Amen. The word is in the bride and the mind of Christ to know what he wants done with the word. And she does it in his name. She has, thus saith the Lord. So, well, Brother Tim, that's us. We're just waiting on the Lord to speak. God spoke. You received a message from God himself. Heaven opened, come on, and sent the seventh angel. Who gave that message? Jesus did. To who? The seventh angel. To what? The Laodicean age. Is there anybody in this age that heard that message? You heard the message of Jesus. It's your message. It's God's message to you. Come on. It opened my blind eyes. It put a zeal in my heart. Amen. It gave me white raiment to wear. It gave me overcoming power. Is somebody with me this morning? Amen. She has, thus saith the Lord. You got it. You're not waiting on it. You got it. What did the word say about your sickness? I am the Lord thy God that healeth all of thy diseases. Amen. What did the word say about you that are seeking the Holy Ghost? Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And what did he say about my children? And they shall be there and their offspring with them. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and when all the, all the house shall be saved. That's what he said. You got thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. But it's got to be spoken. Amen. You got to know what he wants done with the word. He don't want it in yourself. Come on. He wants it in your heart. But he don't want it to remain there. It's got to come out. 
what's in my heart, it just ain't come out. Let me just tell you what a prophet said. He said, I declared, decided I would not say another word. I would not preach it again. I, this was a rebellious house. They will not hear. He said, but the word of God was like fire shut up in my bones. And when I would be quiet, I couldn't do it. Hallelujah. There ought to be a people in this house today that they can't be quiet. I got thus saith the Lord, and I'm going to use it against that enemy, against that spirit of bitterness. I am not going to sit here in a cold, backslidden condition anymore. I am not a Laodicea. I am the bride of Jesus Christ. And I got the mind of Christ, and I know what he wants done with his word. As thus saith the Lord. Jack Cole was, out, was acting on a scripture, on a scripture, to anoint him with oil and pray the prayer of faith, and God would raise him up. He saw no difference in the child, but that didn't stop him from believing. And it didn't get healed all at once. But a little something started moving. I started a little grain started coming off the mountain. And I'm trying to tell you, you start speaking and grains start falling. One, it'll be one grain and two grains and three and five and six and seven. And even when you're sleeping and everything else, it's still working. Though it tarry, it shall come to pass. Though the vision tarry, come on, she has thus said the Lord, then it's germatized. When does the word get germatized? When you start believing it. And when you believe it, you speak it. And when you speak it, it's germatized. And once it's released, the Holy Ghost and all of heaven is behind that word. Amen. To bring that word to pass in your life. It is germatized, so the Holy Spirit waters it until it's grown and serves its purpose. They do only his will. Amen. I'll believe that, he says. Will you believe it too? They'll do only his will. No one can persuade them different. They have thus saith the Lord, or they keep still. Shut up your murmuring. Shut up all your complaining. Shut up all your anger and all your bitterness against God and repent of the thing and get right with God so you can ride on this wave. They have thus said, the Lord, they keep their mouth shut. But like this little woman, you got to keep it out of your heart too. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Somebody help me preach now. Amen. Now, then they will do the works of God, for it is God himself in them continuing his word to fulfill as he did not complete his complete in his days all the things when he was here. He did not complete all when he was here, for it was not yet time. But now it's time because it's the full age. 
and it's the harvest season. And this is the harvest rain. What does he want done with the word? Well, in the adoption message, Brother Brandon would tell you, go back and look at Genesis. Go to the seed chapter and see what, what happened before unbelief come in. And that's what you'll do without unbelief today. Go back to the original. Now the world and nature is groaning and crying and everything is moving for what? Uh, for the manifestations of the sons of God. When true sons, born sons, field sons speak and their word is back. I believe we're right on the border of it right now. Yes, sir, say to this mountain. Now he gives some examples. Brother, I desire so-and-so a certain thing to be done. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ. There's manifestation. Oh, brother, my crops are burning up out yonder. I haven't any rain. I send you rain in the name of Jesus Christ. Bless your crop. Oh, waiting, (laughs) groaning, all nature, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. God ordained it at the beginning. He gave man the domain. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. We, we, we're talking about the revealing of the sons of God. Amen. I give you, I give you rain in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Are you with me, church? Amen. Is everybody still here? Amen. I give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ. You realize right now there are things that are being given out. As the prophecy is going forth, it's up to you to receive it. It's up for you to grab that. Hallelujah. Say, I need joy. I give you that joy. Say, I need some peace in my life. I give you that peace. You say, I need healing in my body. I give you that healing. Say, I need a new job. I give you a job in the name of Jesus Christ. Because he said that he would rebuke the devourer for your sake. And it's time for people to know who they are and speak it. Say it. I claim my children. I claim my loved ones. I claim my healing. I claim my inheritance. I claim this land. I claim the Holy Ghost. I claim... Brother Branham said, when the masterpiece comes to the place, he strikes it and he says, speak. And he said, this bride has been smitten out of denomination. And he said, it's God telling them it's a time for a people, a piece that is off the masterpiece to speak. Why are you crying unto me? Speak. Amen. Oh, no. You want to sit there and doddle in your little notebook and, you know, play little games and draw little pictures and ignore the very Spirit of God. I say, shame on you. Amen. I pray the conviction of the Holy Ghost will come and put something real in your life and a hunger for God and a hunger for truth that instead of doddling in your notebook, you'll raise your hands up and shout the victory because the overcomer is in this building. Hallelujah. You sit there in the back 
backslidden condition, service after service after service, and where the glory of God is being poured out and refuse to open up your heart to get any of it. It's time you sit up and listen. Put away childish things. Time to enter him with all your heart. We're not here playing games. This is for real. This is the church of God. And the misbehavior of one person in here can cause the whole group to bitterly fail. Keep the Holy Spirit away from the meeting. Sell within the, within the church. Having a canker, a gangrene. It's time that you look at your life. You say, I want healing. I want healing for my family. Do you want it bad enough? So I got trouble in my marriage. I want healing in my marriage. Do you want it bad enough? Is there somebody passionate? You say, I, I want the Holy Ghost, Brother Tim. I want out of this backslidden condition. Do you want it bad enough? You say, I want to move of God in the church, Brother Tim. I'm asking you, do you want it bad enough? How many saints are that look like the pastor would say, that's a saint of God, that's a saint of God, that's a saint of God. But you're sitting there with hidden bitterness in your heart that you need to deal with today. And then that spirit of criticism begins to criticize the church, criticize the songs, criticize the preacher, pretty criticize the length of the preaching. When we got a place where heaven is opening, and the blessings are falling right now. Right now. And if there would be somebody in this church that would just say, come by my way, Lord. He's obligated to come by your way because he keeps all of his appointments. He keeps all of his invitations. Hallelujah. He'll take and rip that old cold lukewarmness out of your life. Amen. Oh, there ought to be some people that are bold today. Bold in their heart. That today I'll not live another day with this monkey. I'll not live a day with this devil tormenting my life. I am passionate about this word. I'm passionate to receive this Holy Ghost. I'm passionate to see the move of God. I'm passionate for the Holy Ghost to fall. Breathe, oh breath of God. Breathe, oh breath of God. Breathe upon this church, upon these dry bones. And they shall live. Hallelujah, send your feet and worship God. Hallelujah, give him glory. Give him the praise that is due his name. Hallelujah. Amen, don't stop short of the blessing. Amen. You have been handed some arrows in your hands today. Don't strike it once or twice. Amen, strike until that enemy is gone and the battle is defeated and you have victory in your life. Hallelujah. 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 May the breath of God breathe in this place today. May it eradicate sin and darkness out of life. May it bring sinners to repentance, Christians to repentance until the blessings of God can flow to this place in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Get out of that backslidden condition. Get out of that situation that lets you put a little makeup on your face and your dress is too short and your blouse is too tight and it's cut down too low. Come back and be a Christian again. Get that bitterness that I can't be like the world out of your life and get back to childhood again and see the power of God move in the country of the living God. Hallelujah. Pour it out in me, Lord. Pour it out in me. Your problem may not be a waterhead baby this morning. Your hindrance, maybe it's a hindrance of some victory that you've been looking and needing in your life and you know it. But it's time you find an altar. It's time you touched the hem of his garment. It's time you got down low. You've exalted yourself long enough pretending I'm a real Christian. I'm really, and you know that bitterness has kept you out of the house of God and that bitterness has kept you from walking in victory and that bitterness, it's a bitterness against God and it needs to come out. But I've got a word for you. In my name, they shall cast out devils. But you got to want to give it up. You got to want to give it up. It's time for you to seek the Lord. Call on Him while He may be found. Move out of your seat. Get down low. Humble yourself and say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I need Jesus. Amen. Is it only young people that God can deal with? Amen. No. He deals with every earnest soul. Call on his name. He that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Now don't just get down here and and, and just make a motion. Get down here with all your heart and begin to call on the name of the Lord. Begin to call on the name of the Lord. Begin to ask Him to come. Come right there, right where you where you are. Let God deal with you right where you are. You say, Brother Jim, will you come pray for me? No, you're the one who needs to do the praying. You're the one who needs to call out to God. Amen. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. What about you backslidden parents? You don't make sure your kids are in a youth meeting. You're too stuck up in whatever else. What about some of you others? You don't have a burden in your heart to see God move. And you know backslidden conditions are there. And you are willing just to go on and live with that? What about you men or women in your marriage and there's sourness and bitterness there and you're not dealing with issues? And the issue is some bitterness in your heart. Maybe something passed down from your parents. Maybe environmentally something that you was raised up under and you've let something grow down in you that has kept you from the blessings of God. It's more than a waterhead baby. It's your soul that's at stake. 
It's your very home. It's your very marriage. Hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones can live. Dry bones can live. <coughs> Dry bones can live. But you got to have more than a Baptist mentality of a you know, little tiny prayer and that's it. you got to call on the name of the Lord. You want the Holy Ghost? Go to ask Him for it. Brother Branham told you if, you if a child wants something, this is Brother Branham's word, you start crying for it. He said there's no other way that a child can receive what it needs than to cry for it. He said it's God's provided way. And he said, you want something from God? You start calling on the name of the Lord. You start crying for it and see if God will come down and meet that need. Amen. Amen. That's right. You call on him. He'll be there to answer. Almighty God, I never know how a service will turn out. I don't know what words you will inspire. I don't know how that would be. I don't practice a sermon. So I have no idea when I walk out here. I just have words, scriptures, and quotations laying before me. And I don't know how the Holy Spirit will emphasize it. But you've done as you will today. And I'm satisfied that I have preached your word. I am satisfied that I have prophesied over dead, dry bones. And that they shall live. I pray in the name of the Lord that you will grant it today for every soul in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.